0: Not even gonna read it. I'm this is a completely dry read. Have right. not read what the podcast where is. Right. This is live initial reaction. Hello and welcome to the two five O, the podcast where I pop the top of my head off and have a bit of a look around. I'm Douglas. And with me as always is my co-host Jonathan. How are you, Jonathan?
1: Oh, flawless man. Maybe you should read them before you <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you say them out loud. I don't think so. I don't know what you're talking about. If this is your first time shooting into the 250, we have taken a snapshot of IMDb's top 250 movies of all time as of January 2020 and have been watching them from number 250 through to number one. In this podcast, we discuss our opinions, thoughts, and reactions to the movies within. Today's movie, however, is a bonus, fill. Bonus number 34. The Nightmare Before Christmas.
1: Jack Skellington, the pumpkin king and unequivocal master of Halloween, is feeling bored with his yearly responsibilities. After falling through a pine tree-shaped hole, he decides to give Christmas a go. (laughs) Uh,
0: You read anything that goes in the teleporter as well? I wrote that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Nightmare Before Christmas is directed by Henry Selick, not Tim Burton. Who we know Henry Selick for, Coraline, James and the Giant, Peach and Wendell and Wilde. And it is written by Tim Burton, uh, who we know for Corpse Bride, Sweeney Todd, a bunch of other stuff. Michael McDowell, who you would know for Beetlejuice and Thinner. And Caroline Thompson, who you would know for Edward Scissorhands and the 1991 The Addams Family. Am I- Is that what Flaugless. I led to believe?
1: Flawless. My hieroglyphic scratching, hieroglyphics, hieroglyphics- <laughs> hier, I think I got it right the first time and I just double- I just
0: Is there a gas leak pirate. in the room or something like <laughs> beeping something is on.
1: The beeping is my carbon oxide detector. Thank you for asking.
0: Uh, Jonathan has not watched this film before, but I have. Oh, my goodness. Douglas, how many
1: times have you watched this film before?
0: Upwards of 15.
1: That's a lot.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's Although, a short movie. You know? Yeah, it's slightly not, It's not easy. like a fucking three-hour epic or anything like that. But, yeah, I did grow up on it, so... Uh, yeah, I, I have watched it a fair few times. Uh friend of the podcast, Jonathan, um, uh, on their Instagram story, put up something. They're doing movie nights. And they put up something on their Instagram story saying, Nightmare Before Christmas movie night coming up this week. Anyone who's down, DM me. And usually these movie nights are 250 movies. We had not discussed that Nightmare Before Christmas was going to be the film that was going to be used. So, I messaged Jonathan on Instagram. I need to- Hang on. Let me get the conversation up because I was pretty <laughs> livid when I saw it.
1: Oh, I didn't realise- I'm sorry. I didn't realise you were so angry.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I, no, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't angry. I wasn't angry.
1: <coughs> you, you weren't angry. You were just livid.
0: I, I replied what? To the story <laughs> just what no question mark nothing uh and then he said oh uh, on the story it said anyone down for a movie night the film is going to be nightmare before christmas by the way and i went what you responded film is going to be nightmare before christmas by the way <laughs> my response fucking radio your response i thought we already talked about this lol My response, nope, not at fucking all, ha-ha. Last I heard it was La La Land. Your response, oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think this really- I think this tells you as the audience, we're not really putting on a character while while
0: making this show. We are just like this. It is- we're, it is raw, under unfiltered.
1: Absolutely. Unseasoned. You can't
0: script it. You cannot script it. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I just, I wanted to uh, preface the, the fantastic seasonal notion that you had, Jonathan, to bring Nightmare Before Christmas to the table.
1: I'm going to be honest. One of my movie watching friends, Alex, was fucking begging to watch Nightmare Out of Before it. Christmas. They were, they were oh. a big fan of it. Uh, Dang. And I was like, talk to the boss, who is me, of course.
0: (laughs) 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 Because- (laughs) You 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 are the projector.
1: (laughs) You know why we were going to do La La Land? Because I asked you.
0: (laughs) 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 I'm undermining myself. Yeah, you really are. Anyway, sorry. I just had to get that little anecdote no, out no, there no. to preface the the general vibe of which <laughs> I I was going into this film with. But Okay. Given that I have seen it 15 times, I you know, I've got pretty well-established thoughts on what I think of the film, but I'm curious mm. as to what a fresh look at The Nightmare Before Christmas is like. So, Jonathan, what do you think of The Nightmare Before Christmas?
1: I thought it was pretty good. I think it's um there's, there's not much to the story.
0: No, it is it is about as loose weave as Cats is for a story. You know, the musical Cats, how it's just like, he's a cat, this is what yeah. they do, bye-bye now, He's a cat, this is what they do, bye-bye now. Like, it's got that kind of energy to it, you know, where you're just kind of rollicking along and then you're like, okay, 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 and then it's done. And then you go, oh, all
1: right. Look, <laughs> like the okay. introduction of characters and- Events is the core part of the story as opposed to, like, yeah. something that is used to then continue the story. It's like, no, the story is introduction.
0: Just, and then- Yeah. These uh, dudes.
1: Because, I, 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 I mean, you, you, you understand what Jack Skeleton's motivation is, but he also, like- And he's even got a whole song about it, doesn't he? About, like-
0: He's got being, multiple songs about his motivations and his woes and, you know, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. yeah. But Which vary it's very in.
1: It's almost in actually. Quality. It, it actually somewhat reminds me of, you know, not specifically the Indian film we've had, but the problem with some <laughs> Bollywood films we've, we've disliked where they're like, this character feels this way. We're not really going to show you. We're gonna have them sing about it.
0: <laughs> that's you're describing musicals right now, Jonathan. I that's not so. just a Bollywood thing. That's just a musical.
1: <laughs> it is a very musical-y film as well. The Diddle. whole
0: point I had when I was when I was studying musical theatre, um, and someone was like, "Why? Why do characters burst into song? Like, why? Why do we do that?" And then someone described it as a character reaching an emotional point where they can no longer express themselves through just spoken word but it has to be sung like it's there's no other way to express it like they are almost forced and compelled to sing which really changed how i think about a lot of musical numbers because if it doesn't if the emotional kind of point doesn't feel right then the song itself usually falls flat, right? Because mm. the emotion isn't there. And I felt that with a lot of the songs in the back half of this, I feel like right. the the first half is so strong. There are so many bangers that Danny Elfman just cranks out. But then after there is, a, a, we spoilers, I guess. Yeah, whatever.
1: Just um, want to dive in. Just want to start talking about it.
0: There's a there's a, there's a a bit with Santa Claus, and then when Santa Claus comes into the picture, it kind of starts to- the, the songs in general start to kind of roll a little bit for me, but-
1: um, Yeah, the friend who requested it did say, like, I'm entirely aware that this, the film actually has, like, four songs that they turn into, like, nine songs. I yeah. think that's m- maybe more the melodies than the songs themselves, but I- yeah. Like, yeah, you're right, because I can only really remember- You remember
0: this is Halloween. You remember Jack's yeah. Lament when he's, like, on the hill and he's doing the whole, you know, like, oh, well, is me, Halloween, blah, blah, blah. You remember what is this? Like, they're so iconic because they're in- that first half, you know, when everything is still, you know, mm. new and fresh and exciting and the idea is still fresh. But it kind of feels like it tapers off a little bit as the- What songs
1: are in the second half?
0: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I- I watched it today and I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I- Oh, there's Oogie Boogie. There's Oogie Boogie song, which is like, it's okay, you know. That's a- he's a cool dude, but- I think it's-
1: um. I don't have a great, because I was like, I really should research this, and then I've just had the world's most insane week. But I think it is interesting how Oogie Boogie is coded African-American, or even like- Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, African-American, definitely.
0: It's never explained or anything, it's just, you know, it's, it's Oogie
1: Boogie. Yeah, he's very heavily coded- uh, mm. which I think was just an aesthetic choice, but there can be, and definitely has been loads of study into like, cause there's like, I think the guy in Moana is like a similar thing. Like he's like dancing. I don't think he's like boogie music is his vibe, but he's, um, it's that same kind of thing. Uh,
0: I mean. Let me tell you, it's full circle, baby. I just looked up, uh, Ken Page who plays, who voices Oogie Boogie. And I was like, that's a very familiar name. Why do I know Ken Page? He plays one of the main cats in the recorded (laughs) cats fucking movie from 1998. So, full circle.
1: That's all making a lot of sense. Yeah. I'm understanding. Yeah. We are sort of dodging over, I think, probably the reason that it is- The number one reason it's so beloved is it's got these amazingly recognisable characters and, you know, very classically- Tim Burton-esque claymation stuff, because uh, Henry- Or if you've gone to his sign. Thank you. Uh, like, known for Coraline, James mm. and the Giant Peach, like, a load of claymation stuff, but this is- I mean, Coraline's a bit spooky-ooky, but this is- Like, you see this and you go, this is Tim Burton, which a is bit very spooky interesting. A spooky-ooky.
0: They, they want to put buttons over Coraline's eyes. That shit you said terrify me. Okay.
1: But it's not, like, they're not all, like, weird and demented, you know, like, everyone is yeah, in yeah the yeah, Nightmare yeah, before yeah. Christmas.
0: Everyone's a little bit clapped in November <laughs> Before Christmas. Like, all the Halloween people- Actually, to a degree, even the people who are in the, the Christmas part of the film, they're also a little bit clapped. Like, they've got they're that really kind of looking. just slightly Tim Burton-coded kind of yeah. feel and shtick to them. Yeah. Yeah. But so, like, the Halloween people, especially. How
1: involved was Tim Burton involved? Like-
0: Okay, now that's oh. the thing that's up for debate.
1: Continue, continue.
0: There's, I've heard of accounts where he's, you know, he was really in it, and you know, he would come in all the time and he'd do all the stuff. But then there's other claims that he was barely there and he wasn't involved in a hands-on way. If that makes any Interesting. sense. Interesting. I've got a, a trivia tidbit on it that I can read, but would well, you, or you I do want to?
1: Yeah, I'll give it a go. relevant.
0: Well. May as well. Yeah. yeah. There's something of a controversy over exactly who has the rights to call the story and film their own. Henry Selick is the director and spent more time on the set and production than Tim Burton. However, Burton has often claimed he is the owner of the story as it was all his idea. What an insufferable prick. He wrote the original (laughs) poem and most of the script, created the characters, served as a producer and even wanted to direct but was simply too busy at the time to do so. Popular culture has long accepted the film as Burton's as the film heading is, quote, Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas, end quote. Burton does reinforce the fact that Selleck directed the film and is often annoyed that people don't remember him for that. So on the direction of the film, Selleck reflected, quote, it's as though he, Burton, laid the egg and I sat on it and hatched it. He wasn't involved in a hands-on way, but his hand is in it. It was my job to make it look like a Tim Burton film, which is not so different from my own films, end quote. When asked on Burton's involvement, Selleck claimed, quote, I don't want to take away from Tim, but he was not in San Francisco when we made it. He came up five times over two years and spent no more than eight or ten days in total, End quote. While Disney feature animation contributed with some use of second layering traditional animation, Burton found production somewhat difficult because he was directing Batman Returns and was in pre-production of Ed Wood. Right. Okay. Um... So overall, yeah. it just sounds like Burton's a bit of a cunt, and the uh, Selleck was, you know, kind of the glue that pulled it all together. I mean, it's and his easy job to be- was make it look Tim Burton, which he did.
1: Yeah, because how much had Tim Burton actually done prior? To- it was in '93. 93. '93. 93, I guess he'd correct. done. I guess he'd done hands and he done- had he done um, Beetlejuice.
0: Pretty sure, yes.
1: I guess he had. He done. Yeah. So, it was the kind of thing where it it, it, it feels like executives went, oh, we put Tim Burton's name on the top of this, we're going to do much better. It's going to go hard, yeah. He's recognisable, yeah. And the style- I mean, the style looks great, but it would also not surprise me if Henry Selick's story uh, recollection is correct. (laughs) That also sounds very the industry, so- yeah. Anyway, well- yeah, so I wonder, like, because, I mean, there's a huge creative cast. You always look at, or I always look at things like this, and I go, who who was making, you know, who was the designer who made all of these characters or, like, mm. you know, this concept concept artist who probably made 10 times as many characters as went into the film. And then someone, some kind of coordinator said, like, we're doing this one, we're doing that, we're doing this, we're doing Art this.
0: Director people go, Yeah we need this, we yeah. don't need that. Yeah,
1: Because that's that's what I think is, and especially with this, like it is such a visuals forward film. I reckon that's- Yes, yeah. Instantly um, recognisable cre- and
0: instantly memorable, yeah.
1: I'm looking through the credits, Douglas. Yes. Um, Marble is credited. Marble is the shop dog- the dog who was at the, uh, the like <laughs> the sculpting shop, and they were also credited for <laughs> James and the Giant Peach. <laughs> I I think this is this this is
0: uh, man. I hope uh, they got their cut.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking paid an exposure. This seems paid to me exposure. very much in the same like the same vein as. Last couple of years is all I've actually really, like, I was very late into the live music scene, let's say, as an as an audience member, as a listener, but I've, <laughs> you, you, you realise pretty quick that I think as a child, in your head, or at least for me, everything, uh, you know, there's all these, like, discrete groups, you know, you're like, Taylor Swift is this, they're an object, and like, you know, mm-hmm. like, this band, Pendulum is this, they're an object, whatever, Gorillas is that. And in reality, everything is so fucking loosey-goosey. Yeah. And you can make you can make up a band on a Tuesday and go to a pub on a Wednesday and be performing under that name. And in the same way, it's just like we can fucking credit whoever we want. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you asked
1: who was involved in the production. That dog was very key.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 We all got a good deal of uh, enlightenment from that dog. After uh-huh. two years worth of fucking production, yeah, I'd, I'd be crediting the dog. <laughs> Why the uh, fuck not?
1: Yeah, well, we have Alison Abbott as the artistic coordinator, uh, a bunch, a bunch of ad- assistant art directors, um, Kelly Asbury, Bill Bowes, and Kendall Cronkite. Naturally. And Susan Allegria is the production assistant. Uh, Phil Brotherton. Set builder. We've got uh, only a small handful of sculptors. Four of them. That was a new cut, Douglas, so that we can edit in one that doesn't have a squeak on it. Uh, Yeah, there's only background design, lead scenic artist. It's a pretty small team. Like, Mm. when you think that they are doing so much work and claymation is fucking hard shit.
0: I feel- it would almost probably be simpler to get four people who perfectly understand what vision it is that you're going for than 10 to 15 people who kind of get what the vision is but are all there anyway because you would be saving yeah. so much time and fucking money by- Oh, no, you wouldn't probably be- You wouldn't be saving time but- or You'd be saving time by having that many people there but you're not saving money yeah. and the- product is probably going to look a little bit choppier because the 10 to 15 people aren't all on the same page. So, yeah, the cohesiveness of The Nightmare Before Christmas is something I always come back for, in a visual sense. The-
1: you ba- Douglas, you're basically describing the the woes of modern business, basically.
0: Yeah, true. <laughs> Absolutely. I think I think yeah, with yeah.
1: a really good team, with someone who or a couple of people who can oversee it, who are You know, quite hands-on and good at communicating that. But, yeah, there is definitely a size that a team can get and it's not that big where it suddenly becomes impossible to have full cohesion like that. Whereas, probably, especially the people, you know, feet on the floor, as it were, is I think maybe 10 or 15 people here. They would all know each other so well. You know, they're all in the same building every day type thing. So... Uh And then, yeah, I mean, it's cu- it's kind of hard to see how much real collaboration goes on with stuff like that, like without something like a behind the scenes. But it takes a fucking key, village a stellar- to
0: make stop motion animation. It's so crazy Absolutely. when you when you think about mm. it on the grand scale of how much work gets done in how mm. much amount of time, like. I don't know, they'd probably spend, like, a day doing five, not even ten seconds, depending on the bit, depending on what the the, the thing is. You know, you could be spending, like, a month doing, like, one, just one scene. Like, it's got such mm. a different workflow to most other forms of uh, film media, just in general, screen. It's, yeah, so interesting. I did want to note, the cinematographer, Pete Kozachik, uh, who is also known for doing cinematography for Coraline, Cortspride, and James of the Giant Peach, uh, passed away in September of this year at the age oh. of 72, um, which is a bummer because all of those films, from memory, have very good shot composition and, you know, kind of like laying out of stuff, which is very important for stop motion animation. So, um mm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm wondering
1: what studio was, like, involved in this, because Coral, Like, Laika Studios does Coraline, and they've done a couple of other things as well.
0: I know there's, you know, Touchstone Pictures is attached to it, but, you know, Touchstone Pictures is kind of, you know, their overall kind of thing. Tim Burton had had his own production company at this point. This was the first one, I think, that was under Mm. the Tim Burton Productions thing. Huh.
1: Anyway- we really fluffed on about that, haven't we? Yeah, we really have uh, kind of fart
0: do around for like a 20 odd minutes. But that's what we do. That's the 250, baby. Yeah. That's we're, what we're people We're digging come through for. IMDb. Yep.
1: Absolutely. I
0: feel like we would make a do, really uh- good sleepy time podcast, you know, because we just kind of like dribble shit for like an hour. And then uh-huh. know, I think it's about 45 so, minutes so. to an hour for people to fall asleep, you know. So, hopefully, by if if you reach the spoiler point of any Podcast, and then we blast a fucking <laughs> air horn in your ears. You know that's hey, that's on you. You pick the podcast, okay? So you um, know you know what you signed <laughs> up for.
1: It's like almost yeah, uh, almost the perfect sleeper time podcast. <laughs> but unless unless either of us have a great idea for some kind of sound bit in general, yes. and then we're just throwing yes. extra, extra little like landmines through the podcast. What yeah. you did
0: uh, last week or the week before the 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 air horn bit was good. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> Proud of you. Um, we're we're talking about stop motion. Yeah. I very much enjoyed actually oh, uh, what was the other one? This is killing me. There were like maybe two or three shots where I think they were done live and recorded. Like the bit with uh where Sally has the, the slotted spoon yeah. and she uses yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is That's live, absolutely. a live thing because yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the liquid looks too good. But yep. like you can do stuff like that. But it's also a game of, like, why would you, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. except, except to, like, have some feeling of superiority of, like, we did it the whole right the whole way through. Whereas yeah. you can just be like, it's the real- things. Fuck it. And it looks better.
0: Cut a corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It'd be frankly better for immersion to be, like, I doubt anyone else in my room noticed it, because I'm, you know, once again, doing a movie podcast (laughs) has ruined us as people, Douglas. (laughs) And
0: We cannot sit down and just enjoy an experience. Equivalent of English studies, you know, it it fucks you up for a fair old while. Yeah. I do have questions on animation around stuff that I genuinely don't know how they did, and I thought that you might. But I might save that for spoilers.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, do we want let's, to- Let's call it spoilers. It's 25 minutes. Sure. I think we already spoiled some shit. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to be 25 uh, minutes in the edit because, because podcasts, uh, but it's been long enough.
0: <laughs> I do recommend Nightmare Before Christmas. I think because it is such a short watch, I think it's just kind of an easy one to put away. It's pretty kooky. It's kind of out there. Uh, I I watched it with a friend, and they were like, "What?" <laughs> at the end of it, they went, huh? "What? What are we doing?" Like at the the three quarter mark, they were like, "What's happening?" And I had to kind of catch them up, a la me catching up someone on cats. Whenever we're watching cats, I'm watching cats with someone, and then I have to go, "Okay, so here's like kind of what's going on." <laughs> uh, it gave me a very similar sensation, but nonetheless, I think it's a it's just a it's so creative in how it presents itself visually as a film that I think, for the amount of time that you're investing for it, is worth it. Is it a masterpiece? No, mm. but it's still a grand old time.
1: Yeah, I mean, I feel like most of my complaints are just like story wise. Yeah,
0: or perhaps but the lack experience
1: itself is. Yeah, the experience itself is really really fun. So yeah, it's it's pretty easy to recommend. I think. And I don't just, yeah, I don't just want to be like, you should watch it because it's short and because it has like cultural relevance because that's most, well, at least the latter is most movies in the list. True. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't watched Coraline. This is the problem. I, w- I was thinking like maybe I would recommend something like that.
0: Fuck. All right. Well, we've got to put over Coraline it? on the list then. Shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, would you say Coraline is a better watch than this? Have you had to do, have to uh, do one or the other? I think in
0: a story sense, yes. But in a visual sense, I would say they're both pretty on par. Mm. Coraline perhaps just a smidgen better, but that's because technology advancements, et cetera, et cetera. You know, it kind of sure. comes with the territory. But yeah. Well- Content warning, uh, nothing content really, warning. I mean, kind of gross, creepy yeah. stuff, Halloween, spooky ooky. It's rated PG. Um, yeah. th- there's nothing in particular like kind of, whoa, oh my God. Jack is just a bit of a cunt. Like that's honestly it. He's, he's sometimes he's just <laughs> kind of not, he doesn't gaslight Sally, who's kind of the, the female love interest sort of character, but there's just some points I'm like, Jack. Just pump the brakes, kiddo. Like, why are you being such a fucking tool bag? So, yeah, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it is kind of neat as, and I don't think this was that intentional, but like, like a not diversion from, but like it's it is it's like different to the normal relationship
0: arc sort trajectory. of dynamic, yeah.
1: Because he's like so desperately uninterested. Yeah. Basically, he's just in his own little world. I thought that's because he's a funny. workaholic. Uh, he's a man on a mission. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> He's got to go fuck up Christmas. I mean, fix Christmas. (laughs)
0: Fuck up. Um, Fix Christmas.
1: (laughs) Well, we'll have a, for what it's worth, a spoiler noise. Will this be releasing on 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 Christmas
0: week? Yeah, it will be. Wow. Merry Christmas. For anyone who celebrates. Happy holidays. Yeah. All that
1: jazz. If you don't celebrate, enjoy that. Leave, baby. (laughs) Wow. Long
0: weekend.
1: (laughs) It'll be Boxing Day this comes out, Douglas.
0: Dang, it will be too. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, hope you're uh, eggnog. No,
1: no, no. It'll be Christmas Day for a lot of people.
0: <gasps> Merry, Cru- uh, Merry Christmas for One and all. Oh, oh. Uh, Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. Anyway. Ho, ho, ho. Indeed. I have
1: questions. <laughs> I hit me with the questions. I, want the questions. I, I feel like we should open with them. I felt. Well, I feel like that's a good like opening. I guess.
0: It's an opener to the spoiler section, so it's fine. It's an opener to the second act of the shit show that is the 250. Uh, The shadows on the gravestone bit in This Is Halloween and then just like the general like Oogie Boogie shadows and stuff. How did they do that?
1: I think they were probably CG, like the Oogie Boogie on the moon. Mm.
0: And then even in like before we actually see Oogie Boogie, you know how uh, Lock, Shock and Barrel kind of- they fuck around and they toss, like, a bug into Oogie Boogie's lair and then you see the Oogie Boogie face again, like, the shadow of him. Yeah.
1: You you can do shadows with it, I think, because um, you can get lights that project a very um, straight beam, basically. Like, all the photons are all sort of going the same direction because normally a bulb, the the light source is a single point and it goes out in a sphere and, like, no- yeah. Douglas is looking up his <laughs> light. All, all, you know, all the light, every single photon is going in a different direction because it's at a different. That's point the Instagram clip atmosphere. right there.
0: <laughs> just a very distant- good lord. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, but you can I gather really easily with just a couple of lenses completely straighten all the and that and the upshot of that is that you end up with shadows with quite defined edges.
0: Yes, right.
1: But. With something like this, it is 93, so it's a little hard to tell. For you to do it now, you would be like- CG. Yeah, let's just- let's just do it in CG. Because as far as CG goes, it's so easy. Yeah, you know, piece so, of peace. So, so yeah. straightforward. Although, you would have a different look, like, than the- I think that's what sort of set me off. I should bring it up. Hold on. I'll bring the movie yeah, up. Yeah. Um, because
0: it has- The the look of it is so different to all of the other stop motion stuff. And that's my other one as well. Uh, my other question. I only had two. That really stumped me on just how they did it or how it was superimposed, added to the film. But, yeah, really stumped me.
1: The, the shadows are really, really- de- They're I, super defined. I didn't really make a note of this.
0: They're so deep in yeah. this
1: movie. It's really crazy. Yeah. Um which is which is super cool. Yeah. I don't think it's a look that you get heaps in Oh, it probably is actually. In like good stop motion. Mm. But is this, in, this is in like the opening opening bit, Douglas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing. I think I think the shadow is going at like twenty eight frames or whatever. Maybe uh, twenty eight frames. Yeah. And the and the claymation is definitely yes. not. Yeah. So, so it's so got
0: that different visual feel. That makes your eye go, huh? Yeah. Uh (laughs) Interesting. What was your second question? My second question was how they did the ghosts in general, but specifically Zero.
1: Yeah, I, my suspicion with that was that he was, um, just, you know, you would just key him out. You would, Mm. you would read, cause he's definitely, uh, I keep wanting to say CG. He's definitely Claymation, Mm. but, you would just came out in whatever capacity they were doing that in 1993 mm. and then just lower the- Opacity. Lower, lower the- uh, <laughs> Yes. Um, I really like this. I'm I'm watching like right at the beginning, the bit where Jack's in the sort of Scarecrow mm. outfit and- um, He sets himself on fire. He like eats like yeah. a torch. Yeah. that That is also- That sort of screams CG to me and I think it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, the I fire- think it's- on his Moving limbs a and stuff.
0: Quick. Yeah, it just it doesn't quite mm. look as though it's uh, applied to the model itself. Oh, look at that.
1: <gasps> he jumps into the fountain. That splash is spliced. That's from something else. <gasps> That's so wow. cool. Wow,
0: little artifacts. Because
1: cuz I mean, yeah, it's well, it's not even that. It's, it's like just an effect. Mm. Interesting. I also wonder Probably not, but I wonder if some of this stuff has been um is like, oh, this is like the 2020 version of the film, you know? Yeah, how and much has done, been? We've done yeah, some tweaks to
0: yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, kind of touched.
1: But maybe not, maybe not for '93. Mm,
0: mm. uh, also, I just stumbled upon the realization: this movie is 30 years old now. That's fucking enlightening, isn't it? Who's she, Mama? Oh that was the questions I had as far as animation goes, and it sounds like That's you, all yeah, you had. Yeah. answered them.
1: No, no, now I'm just
0: watching. Yeah, you're (laughs) just watching the fucking movie now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I've cut it out. But we just sat here in silence for like a good three or four (laughs) seconds, and I knew immediately. I was like, "Jonathan's gone. They're not coming back." So I gotta, I gotta move the podcast longer. Otherwise, we're fucking, we're never getting out of here. So uh, anyway, thank you for answering that. Uh, if any, if we've got any animators got <laughs> listening to the podcast, by the way, drop us a line on um Instagram or via the email. Our Instagram is at two five o pod. Uh, if you would like to get in touch with us, uh, we'll got more. We'll do all the plugs at the end of the podcast, anyway. But uh, yeah, just shout out to animators. You're cool, and I like I like learning about animation because it's one of my favorite art mediums. So yeah,
1: mm. cool stuff. Did you jump on that Blender stuff you were sending me before?
0: I did. I did indeed, and I'm still desperately trying to wrap my head around Blender, but it's, it is at the very least- Oh, I sent
1: you a grease pencil tutorial like six months mm. ago as well.
0: It's giving me a firmer understanding of when I'm looking at animation, I'm like, oh, okay, I get how they did that. You know, like I get what tool or I get what mm. effect or way they went about doing that, rather than just be like, oh, pretty. <laughs> this is Halloween. Still claps, 30 years on, still a hit, and you cannot convince me otherwise.
1: <laughs> I- 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 Don't do it. <laughs> I went into Stop it and I was like- I, I was like, I know most of the songs. No, no, I think this is sillier. I know most of the songs, but the reason I know them is not because I've seen- the film or clips from it, it's because I played the King yeah, of Hearts Nintendo let's DS game.
0: Yeah, go. Absolutely. <laughs> Fantastic. Good stuff. You hear the bump, 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 I... bump, bump, bump.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that- I feel like What's This is not a good song. I,
0: I like it because it's- It's very one it note. It is very one note. It's an
1: interesting- it's an interesting tempo, yeah, though. Yeah, it's very
0: one note, but it really- it- I, I just like how it accentuates Jack's gullible, naive kind of approach to, you know, looking at Christmas and everything. He's just so flabbergasted because it's the first thing he's seen that isn't his fucking nine to five full-time job. Which for, What do they do for 365 days of the <laughs> They just- They brainstorm- pr- Project management is hard, Douglas. <laughs> they spent 364 <laughs> days getting ready for the day. Ne- they're just sitting around, dragging each other off. Like, what's going on? I'm so confused at what they're doing.
1: <laughs> I hope they are. Absolutely. Sure they it's are. just a fucking group yeah.
0: orgy over at Halloween Get Town. Jerking. Like, good for them.
1: <laughs> I-, I keep thinking about- So, what's this? You- I'm now leaning on you a yep. little bit. It sounds like the first bar is 4-4 four, four time and the second is 3-4 time. And then it got.
0: <laughs> yep. Sorry, I'll hum it. Yep. It's weird. It's like, what's up with that? I got to find some like music for it. Like- Wait, one, two, three, four. Yeah, no, no, no. It's just the-, the It's in 4-4 four, four time, but oh, it's, it's on- just the- the notes wait, are very, wait, wait, the let's... notes that Danny Elfman is singing are just very like choppy. They're in. Yeah. He says, okay. What's this? What's this? This color, everything. One, everywhere. One, two, two, four, five, what's
1: six. What's this? There's one things in there. Yeah. There's still. What's this? I can't believe It's still me. like eight. You know? Wake up, Jack, this is like, like into...
0: what's this? What's this? Well, it seems Ta 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 Oh, wait. It's ten when I just did it then. I can't count. Yeah, It's.
1: The what's this, what's this, there's colour everywhere. Yep. What's there's colour in the air. There's colour everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. Yeah. That's three. What's this? Eyes I can't must believe be dreaming. my eyes. I think it yeah. shifts. It probably is just in common time and it probably just shifts that third or fourth yeah. line, like sort of into the room of- It's just the way it's sung, uh, which, is, which is really funny because-
0: yeah, it's it's a very
1: interesting yes. song. I don't it's, like it, it's, <laughs> but I like yeah, I like that part of it. the
0: The way that it sets that tempo, but then that's it kind music. of it does the um wake up Jack, this isn't fair. That line, how it kind of spirals into that line. It kind of it it gives yeah, the it, it, it's like very truncated. yeah. It gives the you know how kind of I want to say exacerbated. Oh, that's, but that's not that right dude. Oh wait, wait! How excited Jack is it's about in Christmas. It's two four
1: Douglas. Douglas, it's Douglas two, is in two four.
0: four. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. This is fucked. Holy crap! I haven't really analyzed any sheet music. I'm going to send this to you. This is demented. Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> this is not. good. This is not good radio. I'm so sorry, people. But ha- go if you have any understanding, go go have a squeeze. I just looked at Danny Elfman. What's this sheet music on Google Images? And the way it yeah, that's cooked. Yep. And then it goes. It's like one, two, three, four. So the what starts at the back end of the
0: bar, and then uh, on the the start of the first of the next bar is this. Yeah.
1: Mm. The the end of the what sixteenth thirty. Oh, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, this is bad radio. Music <laughs> this is terrible Man, radio. Man, we're,
0: we're tackling everything this episode. We're getting we're getting across. We're ticking off all their boxes. We're podcasting right now. I
1: I had a bit of a squeeze. I because I looked at it, and I was like, okay, well, this seems like it's Animation like theory? destined for live performance. Mm. Oh, right? Oh yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially the first half, and they
0: had one off Broadway show. I don't think it lasted very nope, long either. They it but didn't. I've been thinking the same thing ever since I was a kid. I was I was waiting for it. I was pining for it. I was waiting for the Broadway Nightmare Before Christmas musical. But I think it's just so difficult to capture the essence of this film in a stage sense I in comparison to Beetlejuice cuz Beetlejuice is already a pre-established live action thing. And there's enough stuff that you can pull from the film and recreate in a live stage adaptation way and still make it entertaining. Uh, Beetlejuice is coming to Australia, by the way. If you're in Australia, go check out Beetlejuice musical because it's a fantastic musical. Yeah, so as a, you know, means a comparison of Another Tim Burton property that has been adapted into a musical. Every single time I look at mm. now Nightmare Before Christmas, I'm like, it's just too difficult to. I'm imagining some like Shrek the musical fucking energy for like Oogie Boogie, and it's just like some dude in like a burlap sack, and he's I just kind of so, like, yeah. "I'm the Oogie Boogie you- you Man," can- and then it's like, "Oh, just get the fuck out." You can go play with, like you
1: think, think, think like The Lion King, and not specifically The Lion King, but like it's all about representation. You know, it's not, it's not about it's not about them looking- You know, trying to make them look exactly like it. And honestly, like, I think the more you look- You're trying to look exactly like it, the more you're going to fucking fail. Where I- I'm not sure what this is from. Beverly Hills Playhouse. Maybe this was the off-label one. I oh, don't no, I think it was just an acting class. Never mind. There's a guy who's like- I've seen some people putting on bald caps- Yeah. For Mm-mm. Jack, and it looks terrible, obviously. And then this this one guy, they just- White faced him and slicked his hair back, and it makes him kind of look like kind of slick. Like it's it's a good move, mm. um, and you could do something similar surely with uh, you know Oogie Boogie and the rest of the characters. Using
0: but- using your Lion King example is a very good move actually, because the Lion King musical the whole bit is that what one of the allures of even being in that show is, is that you're basically managing these insanely intricate puppets and stuff so that you can have, Mm. like, a giraffe on stage or a monkey or whatever and it still has that grandiose wow effect that it does in the film, but in a different sense, in a different medium as opposed to animation, it, it creates itself in a different way that still arrests and demands attention. So, yeah, I think. Yeah. Lion King is a good example because it, yeah, it's still a part of the the wheelhouse, but it, yeah, does its own thing as well.
1: As soon as your try, your main goal is we want to make it look like it does in the film. You've already lost. I'll ask Shrek because it all. I
0: fucking there, hate that musical.
1: There's already there's already one place where it already looks like the exactly. movie, and that's the movie. And people know and it. Baby, it's on Disney Plus.
0: People and, know it.
1: And let me tell you, not a. <laughs> it's really easy to pirate as well. <laughs> um, it, there's great access to that. Whereas, I I think there's Shrek the musical. Surely that's, like, exclusively people going like, oh, this is funny. It's funny that there's a Shrek musical because, like, you wouldn't think to have a Shrek musical. And I reckon that's got to be half of the sales of those fucking tickets.
0: I mean, they the show itself is trying really hard, which kind of bums <laughs> me out. Like, it's just like, shut up. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what this makes me think of, which is kind of irrelevant, but still kind of relevant. Um, The Spirited Away stage show. I did not know there they was did- one. I also haven't seen Spirited Away. Oh, so. okay. Fair enough. Well, uh, you won't have a means of comparison for it yet. But anyway, when we get to it, remind me to talk about the Spirited Away stage adaptation, which I'm sure you will remember oh, I, next year. I will remember.
1: <laughs> yep. You got
0: it. What was another one? Talking about musicals.
1: There was a, there's a cool one I saw recently where I can't remember what film it was, but I think it was a character who was supposed to be like shrunken and they were in the stage play. They were the only like normal person and all the people who were like quote unquote normal size, but are like huge because this character is shrunken. are like big, you know, like car sized puppets type things like. Um, oh, that's cool. Uh, what's her name? What's her name from Little Shop of Horrors? Actually, wait, I'm just talking about a show that I saw and you didn't. So.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I'm lost. <laughs> wait, wait, look, what's, what's the fucking- Are you talking about the plant from Little Shop of Horrors or-
1: Yeah. um, uh, Starts with, the with the a B, name?
0: pretty sure. Audrey 2. Yep. Let's not start with a B.
1: Oh, I was close. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, get the too. fuck out of here, Douglas.
1: We are just- ta- we are ta- This is going to require some heavy fucking Busy, editing yeah. this episode, yeah. man. We're There's some garbage Slippery in here. slope.
0: Uh, I'm just going to hammer through my notes and we'll see where that gets us. How about that? Absolutely. Shining light. The mayor saying, quote, I'm only an elected official. I can't make decisions by myself. Iconic line. <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> good that- shit. That
1: was really good. I really enjoyed that.
0: Other Other- a runner-up shining light moment was the saxophone guy going, saying "bone daddy" to to Jack and <laughs> me. Then very Bone swiftly daddy. realizing how horny all of the to- the townspeople are for Jack, like all the time. They're just super down bad for him. They want to fuck him so bad, and it's like he's a skeleton hmm. dude. There's nothing to fuck. Um, how they do Jack <laughs> Slims is crazy. No, no, that fucking yeah, attitude. Dude, there's got to be some way. How they do Jack's limbs is crazy to me. Just how, like, spidery and kind of right-angly they make Mm. him. How he, like, crouches and moves and stuff is just so cool. Um, The Curly Hill is just as iconic as it was 30 years ago. Danny Elfman is a creative little motherfucker. I'll give him credit where credit is due. And my final note, I just underlined it. uh, Jack is such a cunt. (laughs) Real cunty behavior.
1: I... My- It's a very small thing, but I liked it a lot. The fact that all the adults in the film are shot from, like, you know, like, chin down gave me, like, big, like, I love dogs type energy. Yeah. You know, like, Wes Anderson. Yes. See, very uh, Wes uh, Anderson. Uh, so Fuck, I don't remember that's always the case in Isle of Dogs, but, of Dogs, but I think it happens a lot yep. where they sort of- It's, it's very, it's very, um, not useful, useful is not the term, but very whimsical yes. to have the film exclusively focused on like fantastical things and children uh, is a cute move and works for yep. me. Well, I took zo- zero notes, Douglas, oh, so I okay, don't have great. Any notes cool. to knock through. So, do you
0: want me to just hammer out some trivia for
1: you Do, then? do you want to get to the trivia? Let's yeah. do it.
0: Uh, Tim Burton has said the original poem was inspired after seeing Halloween merchandise display in a store being taken down and replaced by a Christmas display. The juxtaposition of ghouls and goblins with Santa and his reindeer sparked his imagination.
1: Oh, that's very cute, yeah. Tim.
0: You little arsehole.
1: Yeah, that's so weird that he, like, wrote yeah. a- A poem. He- Like, has he done other- Yeah, he's done other- It's not weird that he wrote a poem, but- has he written like, like other, other stuff he's done come from poems or stories pretty
0: or pretty sure. Yeah, I wanna say so. Interesting. Are you verifying?
1: I'm not looking oh, it up okay. right now. No, it's gonna take cool. too long.
0: <laughs> uh, just doing some other shit, I guess. That's fine. Uh, in 2001, Walt Disney Pictures began to consider producing a sequel, but rather than using stop motion, Disney wanted to use computer animation. Tim Burton convinced Disney to drop the idea, saying, quote, I was always very protective of Nightmare not to do sequels or things of that kind. You know, Jack visits Thanksgiving World or, or other kinds of things just because I felt the movie had a purity to it and people that like it. And the people that like it. End quote.
1: Mm. It, yeah, it doesn't need a fucking no. sequel. I don't-
0: But trust Disney to I be, don't like, don't looking at one. that <laughs> cash cow and, like, they get the ahuga, like, money eyes when they see all of the other holidays and the, the prospects of that. So funny. Mm. Mm. It is stated in the making of The Nightmare Before Christmas book that the most difficult shot to film in the entire movie is the shot in which Jack is reaching for the doorknob to Christmas land. Viewers can see the perfect surround reflection of the forest around Jack in the background.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Classic. Yep. I classic, did. Classic reflections moment. I did
0: note that when I was watching it. I went, damn, that is a. Yeah, really cool shot. Danny Elfman found writing Nightmare's 10 songs as, quote, one of the easiest jobs I've ever had. I've had a lot in common with Jack Skellington, end quote. One of the easiest jobs I've ever had. I just mailed it in. No, I'm uh, Having created <laughs> demos of all the songs in the movie for the director's approval, Elfman had really gotten attached to Jack, since he could relate to being loved and famous as he was lead singer of his band Oingo Boingo, but like Jack, he was no longer happy with his situation. Elfman mustered up all his courage to ask his friend and producer Tim Burton if he could voice Jack, but before he could finish, Burton simply told him, quote, Danny, don't worry about it, you got the part, End quote. <laughs> That's, That's
1: cute. From- um, I didn't realise that Danny Elfman was in Oigo Boingo. Yeah, right? I like I've like listened to them a bit, but I've never like dug into mm. it too deeply. That's 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 mm. cool. Mm. And he's still out making score, isn't he? Yeah. He yeah, him?
0: pretty sure. Yeah. He's still active and doing mm. stuff. If for very select people, I think, though. He he's a very, you know, specific vibe for for score composition, I think. It took a group of around a hundred people three years to complete this movie. For one second of film, up to twelve stop motion moves had to be made. Yeah.
1: So animating on Threes? You're asking the
0: wrong person. Patrick Stewart did the original introduction for the movie, which can be heard on the film soundtrack.
1: Oh, we'll cool. We Patrick Stewart. Yeah, who did do the- Don't uh, know.
0: <laughs> Couldn't the- tell the- you. Okay.
1: Huggy-dory. <laughs> get-
0: <I'll> get- <laughs> uh... Originally, in the movie, Oogie Boogie was going to be revealed to be a disguised Finkelstein. Finkelstein, upon defeat, would admit that he was doing this because he was jealous that Sally chose Jack over him. What this hints that Sally might have originally been more of a love interest of Finkelstein's rather than a daughter. This ending was changed as it came out of nowhere with a serious lack of any setup. The producer Tim Burton hated the idea so much that he kicked a hole in a wall after hearing it. The hole was later cut out and framed by the crew. Uh, when screenwriter Caroline Thompson later suggested that she could still write a better ending. Burton reportedly lost it and went into a screaming fit so the matter wasn't addressed again. What a baby.
1: Jesus Christ. What a fucking toddler. Uh, I mean, that w- to be fair, that would have been a shit yeah, shit ending, but uh but also what a weird time. Yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, weird
0: Despite pushback from Disney, Tim Burton and Henry Selick fought against animating Jack Skellington with eyes. According to a 2018 Mouse Planet report, Burton said, quote, The first rule of drawn animation is that you have to have eyes for expression. I thought it would be great to give life to these characters that have no eyes. Disney really fought for us to give Jack these friendly eyes instead of dark holes, but we wouldn't budge. End quote.
1: Nice. Good man. Good. Yep. Fuck him.
0: If anyone's sticking the middle finger to Disney, it's Tim Burton, I guess. (laughs) Um, And then finally, let me find it real quick. I saw it while I was skimming earlier. Yep, here we go. Uh, In the soundtrack, an epilogue poem is included that implies that Jack had, quote, four or five skeleton children, end quote, several years after the film. The mother of said children is unknown. (laughs) I just want to leave that information out in the air for you. There's
1: your sequel, Douglas. There is your sequel. (laughs) Oh, my God. They they pull the Transformers and be like, we couldn't afford- Sally in the second film, so we had to get a second, a different, a different Sally, <laughs> different actress. Oh my god! No, no, no! It's not a different Sally. It's like we, oh, it's still we, Sally, we but it's like we yeah. can afford the no, no, oh. completely different oh, character. But they
0: act like it. Just lean into the drama. No, f- not understanding <laughs> the bit at all. Can we leave? Can we finish? <laughs> 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 can I go home I'm embarrassed, now? I'm Don't want to go. Pick me
1: up. I'm scared. If you enjoyed. This episode- Of Douglas of not the getting it. podcast. Yeah, Douglas just really just- fucking having a breakdown. <laughs> he has them every week, Tuesday midnight, Australian Eastern <laughs> time, which comes out to Monday afternoons in Europe and Monday mornings in America. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, Douglas where can people go if they want more info on the podcast.
0: If you'd like more information all about the podcast, you can go to www.250.com. There is a full list of IMDb's top 250 films of all time as of January 2020 on the homepage there. Uh, at the very top of the website, there is a link to listen to us on Spotify, but you can listen to us wherever good podcasts are found. Shout out to all our listeners on other various platforms please give us a good rating if you enjoyed this fucking unhinged episode and there's a link to reach out to us on email which is mail at 250.com if you don't want to click that little button we don't get anything from it if you click it so that's you know it's completely up to you and then there's a link to our instagram which is at 250 pod where uh jonathan posts funny little social media bits whenever they feel like it oh such a
1: goofster, Douglas. I'm such a funny little creature. Such a funny, ha ha ha. Douglas and I both use Letterbox, which is a movie tracking and reviewing website that we're great big fans of. My account on Letterbox is Uper. That is U U U. P A H and Douglas. My
0: account is Ienzo Knight, I E N Z O K N I G H T Enzo Knight. You can look up UPA Ienzo Knight or 250 in the Letterboxd search engine and you'll find us. We do written reviews of all the films that we talk about here on the 250 as well as anything else that we watch in our spare time. And just this evening, after uh, I went in, in uh, the timer recording in Sydney, there was a whole bunch of smoke billing over the city when I went to go watch the film. And then I came out of the cinema. And it was pouring with torrential rain, which was actually perfect for the film that I went to go watch. The Boy and the Heron, the new Studio Ghibli film. Or, which I think probably the better title, uh, How Do You Live, is a much better title for it. Because you hear The Boy and the Heron and you're like, oh, it's a fun, you know, goofy little adventure time. Studio Ghibli, My Neighbor Totoro. Yeah. But then you hear How Do You Live and you go, oh... We're asking questions. We're, we're, we're delving a little bit deeper from this time. And that's very much what this film is. It's, uh, I'm reminded very succinctly of Spirited Away watching this, which is really exciting. I don't think it's quite on that same level, but it's still just so beautiful. It's really cool to see Studio Ghibli doing the whole adventure fantasy thing again, but still set in... A reality that is grounded enough to give it that poignancy and weight. There's a lot of layers. There's a lot of stuff that you could very easily put to Miyazaki's life. If you know anything about his biography and all that. Um, But I watched it in Japanese. And I will be going to the cinemas again to watch it in English. Which I'm very much looking forward to um for if just for Robert Pattinson alone uh who throws his voice like a motherfucker apparently um but yeah really 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 thoroughly enjoyed it still going to think on it for a little bit just to make sure i'm fully grasping whatever the fuck it is that Miyazaki's cooking but <laughs> yeah go check it out if you can it's and it's ah oh, it's also like Performing really well in cinemas as well, which I'm hoping will kind of make people go, oh, drawn animation. Ugh. Like, you know, production companies and all that kind of thing. Hopefully, it being really high grossing in the box office, especially at a holiday period, will make, yeah, you know, higher ups go, drawn animation? Still kind of got some gold for it. Disney is not doing well
1: critically at the moment. Nope. They are doing is just bombing. Fuck- they are just- they're doing just fucking fine financially. Yeah. Especially with those- like, wishes bombing, which means they're just gonna fucking double, double down on the 3D anime, uh, the 3D, the live action shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what makes them cash. Yeah. It makes them fucking money hand over fist. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how we get. But, you know, it's like the classic, like, a company gets too big and they no longer want to take any risks because there are shareholders and shit. Yeah. So, so they just end up. You know, going with whatever fucking baby move makes the most sense.
0: People have got their grubby little mitts on on it.
1: Financial projections, you know. Yeah. So, sort of forgetting- It's not even forgetting. It's like, we can't make these uh, uh, risks because, A, assuming that they're good people- there are hundreds of people working for us, and we might have to lay off a bunch of people if this doesn't happen. Yeah. But realistically, I want a new yacht this year, <laughs> so we're going to make another live-action film.
0: <laughs> oh I don't- God. Yeah,
1: I don't know how they will dig themselves out of something like this, because, yeah. you know, they just need to fire all their fucking executives. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and <Just> start over. <laughs> fresh fucking batch, honestly. Just throw them out, get them out of there, <coughs> and we'll get anyway. someone else in. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you watch anything? I didn't watch shit. Nice. And that's it, I guess. Well. That's it for another year of podcasting, Jonathan. We've done it. That's another year of 250 in the bag. And you know what that means. Next week in the first week of 2024, it's our fourth anniversary episode. So we will be looking at our top three from the year of 2023, our worst three from the year of 2023. Um and just generally having a little bit of a look forward towards twenty twenty four. Um, anything that we like kind of interested in that's coming up. Um and just yeah, kinda celebrating another another fucking year of doing this damn podcast somehow with you, Jonathan.
1: Mm. I'm You've tried to bring us down <laughs> those- Many times.
0: <laughs> I've poked holes in the boat, but you've desperately run over and started you've, bucketing you've poked water holes out. you in the condom, Douglas. Yep, guess. yep. That's a much worse allegory that I refuse to be attributed and I'm to. I'm podcast pregnant. <laughs> okay, it's time to go. See you next year, <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> don't tell the kids. All right. <laughs> You're adopted. <laughs>